Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, I want to follow up uh, something that I mentioned, uh, was talking about last week, and um, it's going to be a bit of a, may, might end up being a bit of a shotgun message. You know what a shotgun message is? Anybody know? You just pull the trigger and stuff kind of goes everywhere, right? And uh, I believe you'll get hit by something, but um, in, in a good way. Um, oftentimes, you know, when we're in service, uh, Sunday mornings, this happens to me often, we're in service and uh, I'll just get different things, you know, uh, the Lord will bring something to my attention about this and about that, and I'm jotting something down. If you ever see me on my phone in service, I'm not uh, texting somebody. I'm usually texting myself uh, notes. That's my notepad is my messages. You talk to yourself online? Yes, iMessage talks to me all the time. I send myself messages, but um, writing different down different things. And so the Lord, uh, I believe, gave me some things, reminded me of some things uh, this morning. And uh, I, like I said, I didn't. I thought Pastor was ministering tonight until he told me otherwise, but... Um, so like I said, I want to cover a few things and talk about some things. We've been talking about healing uh, the past few weeks, but at the end we, we got into something uh, a little different. But before we go there, I just want to look back at what Pastor said this morning. You know, I, I encourage you, if you can, take good notes. And, and sometimes, you know, it's important uh, with the setup I'm using in service, I'm able to take notes and put all the scriptures in right on the spot. It's pretty fast. Um, sometimes, you know, taking notes live can actually be a detriment to you because you miss things that are being said. But, you know, go back and listen to things. If Take notes now if, you're, if you can do it effectively, but also go back and listen to things uh, and take notes as you listen again. So things, because you can put pause, you can't pause pastor in service. You shouldn't pause pastor in service. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes it happens, but um, um, you can go back and listen later and hear what, what the Spirit of God would prompt you and things he would talk to you about during a message. But I want to look at some of the things that he mentioned uh, this morning that were so good. And then we'll, we'll go from there. In Ephesians, uh, let me get my app running here. He was in Ephesians chapter 3, he was reading verses 1 through 5, then he read verse 9, verses 10 through 12. So we'll do the same thing here in Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verse 1. Now, he read many things this morning. They were all good. I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Such a good spirit in the house this morning. Just the presence of God was really strong. And, and you can tell he was wanting to emphasize uh, the things that were being said this morning. He's wanting us to get this. He's wanting us to, to, to pick up on these things. And it says here in Ephesians chapter 3, the first verse, it says, For this reason I, Paul... The prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles. I love Paul's approach to life. He truly, but he truly lived, didn't just say it, but he lived. My life is not my own. It's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. Do you want a secret to a successful walk with God? Have this same mentality. Have the same lookout, the this, this same approach to everything you do, not just your, when you're here on a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, but everything you do, you're a prisoner of Christ Jesus. You, you've been taken captive. You've submitted your life. Different ways you can say it, you've submitted your life to him. Verse 2, he said, If indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me for you, for you how that by revelation he made known to me the mysteries, of I ha, as I have briefly written already, by which... When you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, that's just the human race, as it has been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. And then he jumped, jumped down to verse 9. He said, And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery from which the beginning of the ages has been hidden in, hidden in God, who created all things through Christ Jesus. And Pastor this morning was talking about the plans and, and how God works, the fact that he's eternal, and it's hard for us to comprehend no beginning and no end. And as he was talking this morning, you know, I was just thinking, it's such a foreign concept to us, and, and, I, and I like to think about eternity. I do like to think about these things, but you really, like Pastor said this morning, you can't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to us, and I don't know if we'll ever fully comprehend because our basis of life so far is always there's a beginning to everything and there's an end to everything. If you buy a car, it's, it was made sometime and you know at some point you're going to have to get rid of it. You never buy a vehicle thinking that you're going to drive it forever, that you're going to own it forever. That it, Well, maybe Joby does. He had that look over there. He, uh, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, 
you know, you, you, you tend to, when you buy things, you realize that it's a temporary thing. You're going to replace it. You know, we just put a new air conditioner in our house. And if we stay in this house, uh, eventually we'll have to replace it. It lasted 19 long years and it gave up the ghost. And so then we, you know, went on to be in air conditioner heaven. So we got a new one. And, and, uh, you know, if, if we stay there, which I'm sure we won't, but if we did, it'll eventually need to be replaced. Why? Because everything has a beginning and an end. But from the very before time began, this was always in the plan of God. It's hard to understand that God being who he is in what he is, always had this plan, always had this purpose, and we were always in the middle of it. He created everything through Jesus, which he wasn't Jesus then. He didn't have the name at that time. But part of the Godhead that is now known as Jesus Christ, everything was created and done all with the plan of us. And it's interesting, you know, when you think there's no time, God moves independent of time. I do believe this is one of the things that we'll learn in eternity as how to function outside of time, because that's how God is. We'll learn these things as well. Really, that, that's the walk of faith. You do realize that is faith, learning to live independent of time. Now you have, even though you don't see it, you believe you have it. What is that? You're, you're walking in a reality you're not experiencing. What is that? Not being dictated to by time. This is our training ground to how we're going to rule and reign with him. We've got to do it the same way he does it. And that's how he rules outside of the realm of time. We're learning this now. That's why it's important to have faith projects and to stretch yourself and, and to, to be ever moving forward in these areas. Never get stagnant. Never think you know everything. Why? Because we're training for the future. We're training for our future jobs and work, you know, and things that he's going to assign us to do in, in eternity. The plan that he's already decided. The plans he's already thought of and, and come up with and already done, right? But he said that he had these things uh, in, from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Christ Jesus. Verse 10, and, uh, 10 through 12, to the intent or purpose that now in this age, in this time, the manifold wisdom of God might be made, might, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known not to the church, but by the church. Sometimes we read that scripture, eye has not seen nor has ear has, has not heard the things that have entered or entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for. And we think from the standpoint of us understanding and these things being revealed to us and he wants to reveal them to us, but that's not actually what this scripture says. He said that, that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. That means through the church our declaring these things, our walking these things out to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. That means he has, he has hidden these things that we would be the mechanisms of revelation and then demonstration of what happened in Christ, this mystery that was planned before the foundation of the earth. Those are just mind boggling things. This isn't just something that we would understand. This is he, we are his plan for demonstrating this and for having the principalities of the hair, air and all the things that are out there that would try to oppose him. We're the ones that will be the one that will cause them to understand the plan that they rejected and they resisted. We'll be the ones that will demonstrate that to them. Um, that may, maybe that doesn't fascinate you. That absolutely just amazes me. God has chosen you and I for that purpose. He said, according, verse 11, according to the eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. An amazing statement. What he accomplished in Christ, he's chosen to display and make known, reveal and publicize through the church throughout eternity. What an amazing amazing truth. Amen. And so pastor was talking about different things. He talked about naturally minded versus uh, uh, spiritually minded, how the, these things are revealed by the spirit. And only people who are spiritually minded can these things be revealed to and through. If it's not revealed to you, it can't be revealed through you. Right. And so it's only then the, the spiritual minded person, not a carnal or naturally minded person whose focus, meaning their focus is on the things of God and not the things of this earth, right? It's only those individuals that it can be, man, it can be revealed to so that it can be then revealed through, right? And so we talk about the, how the spirit revealed these, these things to us. And um, the scripture that he, in, in, first, in first Corinthians chapter two, I has not seen, ear has not heard. It says the things which God has prepared for those who love him. I'm talking about you and I specifically. 
the things that God has prepared for us has already prepared things that have been prepared. I love those statements where it gives indication of tense and, and when this happened past, present, future, these things have already been done. Things have been prepared. Well, they've been prepared so that we will walk in them, that we would, uh, walk these things out. And, um, there's a scripture in Ephesians chapter two. You can turn there with me. Ephesians chapter two. Uh, like I said, you can go back and listen to uh, the things that pastor said this morning. They were, were, were wonderful. Well, great. I'll go back and listen to it for sure. But in Ephesians chapter two, I was reminded of this scripture and I don't think you read this, but it says for we are his workmanship as God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus, which God prepared beforehand. Remember those mysteries of things that he created before that have those things that have been created, things that have been prepared for us. He said, which was prepared beforehand. Why? That we should walk in them. So God has every purpose, every desire. He intends that we walk these things out. It's his intention. We walk them out. When he looks at you, he doesn't just see what you're doing right now. He also sees what he's called you to do, what you've been destined to do, what you've been purposed to do. And he's placed everything in you that you need to do it. Everything's available to you. The word is available to you to renew our minds, to think right. Uh, the, uh, all of these things, the spirit is available, the same spirit that Jesus had, that raised Christ from the dead, that gave him the power that he walked in. We have that same spirit in the new birth, living on the inside. And then through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we have that same spirit upon us. Just like when the spirit descended upon Jesus before he was tempted of the devil, that same spirit, if you're, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, is in you as well. It's rested upon you. So you're not lacking anything. That's good news. You're not lacking anything. Amen. I wish I had a friend tonight. You're not lacking anything. You have to wake up and say, you know, and remind yourself no matter what's going on, I am well equipped to do everything the Lord has called me to do. You know, if you don't face things and face situations and, and when it comes to the plan of God where you're not sometimes hitting things where it challenges you and the thought would come that I'm not up to the task. If you don't have those moments every now and then, I would say maybe you're not pushing forward into the plan of God because God's plans and purposes are always bigger than ours. And what he's called us to do is always bigger than our perceived ability. And if we don't have these moments where we're like, I don't know if I can do that, then I question, are you really actively pursuing his plan for your life? Because when you're pursuing the things that he has prepared beforehand that we should walk in, then when we actually pursue those, it'll cause us to think, whew, this is bigger than me, but I've got someone bigger than me, right? It'll cause a response in us to say, I'm up to the task, not because of me, but because who is in me, the God that I belong to, the fact that I'm a joint heir, an equal heir with Christ himself. You're up to the task, Amen. And so we know that there are things that he has, uh, he's prepared for us. And, um, pastor said this morning near the end, he said, you know, it wasn't intention to talk, intending to talk about these things, but, uh, he was, he was saying that it's so important that we, we not mess this up. He was saying it's so important that we not met him. Remember he said that this morning, he said, it's so important. We don't mess this up. He said, we'll stand before God and give an account, not only for our lives, but also for his purpose for us. Did we accomplish these things that he ordained with a purpose and with the intent that we actually walk them out? We'll stand before them. We'll stand before the Lord. Like I said, this is something that, that I know you've heard me talk a, a lot about, but I think it's something that, that we need to be aware of. I want to show you a, a, a quick four and a half minute clip. Uh, of something y'all want, you're okay seeing a video. I'm gonna show it anyway. Uh, but it's about four and a half minutes. And uh, I just want you to, to just watch this with me. You, you can go and roll it, Joel. I don't know if you heard the gist of it, but, but the, the first was, a, was a, uh, a man that was an accountant, but he was called to be a, a, a pastor or, or, you know, evangelist. And, and, uh, he had reached, you know, he had made a, some accounting software that was churches use. Something we say that was good, but, but, uh, he says, it's not what I called you to do. Where are the, the people that I called you to reach? And another man that was called to be an accountant, but, or, or he was, he was an, he was a, called to be an accountant, but he was actually a pastor, a minister. And he said, but I, I had a church of 700. He said, where's the 700,000 that I called you to reach? And then the, the mom, you know, said, all I did was raise three kids. And, and she said, but yeah, but they impacted one point, whatever, six million people. You know, the reality is, um, 
the judgment seat of Christ. And, and I'll say this, if you couldn't hear it and didn't know, you know, maybe couldn't make it up real well. That was Mes- Messenger International. John Bevere Ministries made that. It's on YouTube. Just put the believer's judgment. You can go back and you can watch it. But um, uh, that's the reality. Now, for the believer, we, we'll, we don't have to worry about the judgment that the lost will stand in. Because that judgment is one that, that, that the outcome is not good. You know, that, that they, it's, it's, it's a departing to hell. I mean, there, there's, it's just a revealing of their life and, and then that's it. Well, for the, but for the believer, there is a judgment still for us. And we have to give account of these things. What God has called us to do. And, and it's not about a position because, um, you know, if he's called you to be a pastor, be a pastor. If he's called you to, to be, go to the marketplace, go to the marketplace. Whatever he's called you to do, do that. And one of the things I love that he said about, said to, to the mom who raised the three kids, he said, you sought my face. You sought me. You prayed. You sought my face. What do I need to do? And you just simply did what I asked you to do. You know, it's so important. That we live our lives with this kind of mind. That's what I'm talking about. Give us a heart for eternity. Help us to live our days, to live them well, and to walk these things out. Because that day is coming. And I'm telling you, it's, it's going to be way more imposing. I don't want to say scary because we're standing before the master. But at the same time, if we have to give an account, even no matter how much somebody loves us, if we have to give an account knowing that we did not obey... That will be a very difficult conversation. Really won't be a conversation because he's right. We'll, we'll just be listening. And so we've got to be prepared for those times. That day is coming sooner than we realize it's coming for us. And so we want to be ready for these things. And so pastor had said this morning, you know, that uh, we'll stand and give an account not for our lives, not only for our lives, but also for his purpose for us. You know, I know these are things that sometimes that um, uh, people don't like to talk about, but, but it's a reality. It's, it's, it's something we're going to face. It's a, it is a reality. We will all face it. The, the, the truth is none of us will get out of here alive or, or, you know, if we live in old age, eventually we're going to pass on or Jesus is going to come back. Either way, our, our meeting the Father is coming. Our standing before the Lord is coming. So we want, we want to be ready for these things. Um, like I said, sometimes people don't like talking about these things, but you know, I realize as we get closer to this, brother Steve talked earlier about what's going on in Ukraine. People have been talking about, I know about maybe your house, maybe it's the same. My kids have had on, you know, uh, it's amazing the day we live in, you know, they've had on their TVs, the live feed, you know, uh, anybody else, the webcams, you know, around in Ukraine and the capital kind of watching what's happening. You know, we're at a time now where, where things that the Bible talks about people seeing, being able to witness things all over the globe is happening. We, we, we've never been in these, this position until now. You know, the two witnesses that will come back to life and the whole world watches in horror. We live in that time now. I mean, that could happen today and would be totally plausible. 20, 20 years ago, I'd have said, that's, how in the world would that work? That's not, now it's in my pocket. I can, actually, it's on my wrist. I can watch it on my wrist now. I mean, that's like get smart stuff. You know, like, hey, you know I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, can, I, can, I, can, I can watch it right here. Was that Dick Tracy? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm, before, that was get smart and then Dick Tracy before that. that was, I'm, I'm not that old. Uh, so um, I'm barely old enough for, for get smart. But anyway, uh, you know, this is a reality of, of what, what comes for us. And what I started to say, do you think it would be the grace of God or, or better, it would be the mercy of God to have uh, these things be brought to our attention while we're still, while we're still here, right? People don't like talking about it because it causes, it, I watched this this afternoon. I've seen this, I don't know how many times I showed this on winter retreat a few years ago. Uh, I talked to the teenagers, to the singles. We go, this is stuff we talk about all the time. And I showed this video several years ago at, at Amy's parents' house in Virginia. We're all crammed into the house and we showed this video. I've seen, I've watched this thing. This afternoon it turned on. I, I'll admit, I, I wept. I watched it and I just wept. And, and it's not that I, I'm, 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 I'm fearful that I'm disobeying. It's just the reality of it. Just kind of, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a holy, 
awe-inspiring, fearful thing to not fearful in a, in a bad way, but it's a fearful thing to know I'm going to stand before my maker. I'm going to stand before my master. I'm going to stand before the one who shed his blood for me. And what did I do with his sacrifice? Me specifically. Did I walk out the plans, the purpose, the things he's called me to do? Um, you know, recently pastor had mentioned, you know, some opportunities we had when we were at Rama after Rama. you know, our, our, it's not something that we talked about a lot. Actually, it's not even something I thought about a lot. I mean, in the years since then, I can tell you very, few, I have very few times it's even crossed my brain I, because I'll be honest with you. After all this went down, I had to pretty much just get rid of it. I had to just kind of like, okay, I'm going to put that in a vault somewhere. I'm, I will, I choose not to even think about it because you know, we all go through things. If you're going to obey God, pastor did a whole series recently talked about suffering. If you're going to obey God, you're going to go through things. And there have been times I had to just log that away because I can't, I don't, because that will, that will not be easy for me to be thinking about, right? Coulda, woulda, shoulda, right? No, I, 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 so I just logged that away. So it's not something that I, that I thought about a lot, but you know, and, and it's not, you know, like, oh, you're so special and whatever. No, I mean, there were, it was, it was, it was, it was kind of an intriguing thing. But when we were at Rama, you know, our initial response was we were going to come back home, come back here and. And, uh, of course, you know, Amy's sister, Cindy was in charge of the youth. And so, uh, she ran that and there really wasn't a place for us, but that was just our plan to come back. And I really wasn't even thinking about anything else. And actually Dean Hawk was in charge of the, the youth. Uh, he ran the, you know, our, the senior high at Rama was 450 teenagers just in the high school group. And I was in charge of the ninth grade class on Sundays, you know, me and another man ran the ninth and 10th grade class. And then, uh, on Wednesdays we had 450 teenagers that were there. And so it was a big youth ministry. And of course he taught in the school and he came to me and he said, Hey, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm, we're just going to, we're going to go home. And that's just what I was saying. Cause it was on our heart to come back to high Springs. And so we're just going to go home. And he was just emphatic. You do not need to do that. And it really up until that point, I wasn't even thinking about it. He said, you need to pray about it and find out what just, uh, is that what the Lord is asking you to do? What he's telling you to do? He said, but you, you really need to think about it. Well, you know, so we prayed about it and I had a sense that it's not now, it's going to be later. Just I kind of knew, yeah, it's going to be at another time, but just not right this moment. Well, certainly at, shortly after that, he came to me about that offer that pastor had mentioned. And, and, um, I don't know how it came up in conversation when we were at Randy Greer's meetings, but, uh, that, that offer came up and really I had, we had three and when I say offers, you have to understand, I didn't interview for any of them. I didn't go that far. And I could have gone in and just said completely dumb stuff. And he could have been like, Dean Hawk does not have any idea what he's talking about. This guy is dumb as rocks. We're not hiring him. So I could have, I could have messed the whole thing up, but I didn't go that far. I wasn't, I knew better to even to just tempt the waters, just test the waters because I had to check my heart. And if I had a no, I'm not even going to go into a conversation. It's just going to stop right there. You do know that that's, that's smart for all of us. Sometimes like, I know what the Lord's telling me to do, but I'm going to try these other options and just kind of see what my options are. That can get you in a trouble, in, in, a, in, a tr- in trouble in a heartbeat. And so he had brought this. We actually had three of them. We had, I call them our, my three temptations of Christ, you know, had this big church in, in, outside of Atlanta. And, and you know, when, when he heard about it, it was exciting. He said, basically, you can do this for a couple of years. And after that, you can do anything you want. At that point, you can... Do this for three or four years, and you can write your ticket, do whatever you want to do in ministry, youth ministry. And then I had another one, an opportunity in California, which was kind of cool. It's a neat city, you know. And then the worst one was uh, we had an opportunity to possibly go to a, a particular ski town in Colorado that I love very, very much. You know how much I love to ski. That was the that was probably the hardest of all of them. You know, money and all this other stuff. Being able to ski every day. Oh yeah, I mean. I mean, that was my, he said, that's my heart pitter pattering, you know, you know, I mean, I was, Steve pulls his keys out. That's my heart about skiing. So, um, you know, we were, I was really intrigued and Amy said, absolutely not. And of course, you know, uh, she had lost her husband to the hills, the mountains. And so I'd have been the MIA husband, but, um, uh, we just said, you know, I, I told, I told him, I said, you know, this is I, quickly. I knew on the inside because we're taught well here, how to hear from God, follow the inward witness. I didn't need alarms and bells or my, you know, uh, Michael, the angel, the archangel to come talk to me. I just knew this is not for you, you know? And he was a bit just kind of like, didn't understand what I was doing. Like, just go do it for a couple of years. And, you know, he even told me they want somebody new. I would take the job if they offered it to me, you know, he said, you, you should do this. And so I said, no, that's not for us. Well, we ended up, I had no plans. We ended up going to, you know, going to Jacksonville for free. We, 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 I worked, we worked 60 hours a week. 
you know, a secular job. Um, you know, uh, we would show up on Wednesday nights. We had Wednesday night service at our house. I would come home and kids were in my driveway waiting on me to come home. I haven't eaten dinner. I haven't seen Amy. I just pull up and they're like, Hey, pastor Greg, you know, and we'd, we'd come and we'd have service. It was, it was a lot of fun. We learned a lot of things, but he didn't understand what we're doing. And I, and I don't say any of that to be like, Oh, look at you, pastor Greg. My point is, this is something that I realized it was demonstrated in front of me. It was, it was, it was demonstrated and preached in this church as a teenager. You got to do the will of God. You just have to do the will of God. You just, you just have to, you have to obey. You just have to do what he says. And because I don't want to get to this point and have all of these accomplishments that I think are great, but it wasn't what he asked me to do. And I'll get rewarded for my heart in this thing and my obedience in this area. But as far as the culmination of my life, I, I miss the mark. And so I, 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 I don't want my reward that he also prepared beforehand, the same reward attached to the same purpose. You know, reward and purpose are always together. If he has a plan or a purpose for you that, were, that was, a, was uh, determined before the foundations of the world, the corresponding reward has already been planned. He's been thinking about your reward before time began. He's been thinking about his response to your obedience, your full obedience before the ages even began. I do not want to miss any of that. And I've got to be honest, and we can all say we've missed it in areas. And so I have forfeited some of that to different in different areas because of disobedience and, and, and things, you know, just not... Not, not living life really the way that I should, not being as passionate as I should about, you know, should have been. Y'all are, we've all have those things. I've done them. I'm sure you have as well. But I don't want to miss out on any more of those things. I want to get everything that God has for me. And so when these opportunities came, opportunities, uh, you know, I'm not taking an opportunity. I already have an assignment. And just because I didn't know what it was doesn't mean I'm not, I'm going to do something else. This is this, I have to do what he's calling me to do. And Amy and I'll tell you, we are ready to do whatever he says, whenever he says. That doesn't change. Now this, when you talk about plans and purposes, people always think was it, that has some kind of ministry attached to it. Sometimes ministry is the direct wrong thing you should do. If that's not what he called you to do, you can have a church of 750, which is, which is three times the size of our church and get no reward for it. Get none because you think you did something, but it wasn't what he asked you to do. See God's plan, God's purpose. That's where his grace, his ability is on his plan. And anything we do outside of that will never meet, reach, meet, make the mark or hit the mark of what he has designed for us ever, 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 ever. And so it's such an important thing that, that we determine and make the determination. We're going to do this no matter what. If it's easy, if it's not easy, if people like it, if they don't like it, people understand it, if people don't understand it, it makes no difference. I'm sure people wondered what, what Saul was doing, what Paul was doing, you know, name changes. I'm sure they wondered, what are you doing? Uh, I've got a lot of things written down. It's already eight o'clock. Um, you know, I've worked with teenagers for a really, really, really long time. Like me and Matt Sharon, he's the, the gentleman who's in charge of the, uh, the camp we go to uh, at, uh, he, his, he's, he and I are the same age within just a couple months, I think, apart from each other. And he's the, he is the, the second oldest guy who's done this as long as I have. You know, I, I've, Dean Hawk always told us in Bible school, he said most youth ministers, the average, the average uh, uh, time that a youth minister makes is less than a year before they quit. He said, and, and usually before somebody just figures out what they're doing, they quit and move on to something else or they try to do this or want to do this or want to get promoted here. And I've actually outlasted Dean at this point. So uh, there you go, Dean. Um, but, you know, one of the things with, uh, with teenagers, uh, and they'll tell you this really quickly, and the ones who've gone through the group and that are, that are older and maybe they're now adults in the singles group or beyond that, you know, when it comes to dealing with teenagers, how we do things next door, we're really, really to the point. 
sometimes. You know, our, our, our weekly messages aren't public because uh, it might actually scare people sometimes. I'll just be honest with you. Some people may not quite get would you, some, would you, youth singles who've been in this, sometimes it can be, maybe even be a little uncomfortable. Would you all agree? They're not even moving. Are y'all live? Have you heard me before? I am your youth pastor, right? Amy and I. Um, uh, but something, somebody had, 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 had told me, has said this, you know, and you know, keep in mind, you know, I'm the youth pastor, but I'm also the associate pastor and that's in big church. There was a kid around here. We always called the main service, big church. This is big church, you know? I'm also the associate pastor, but somebody had said before that you have to be careful when talking to adults. You can't talk to adults the way you talk to teenagers. Because adults don't like that. They, 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 they don't like being talked to that way. You, you do realize that is that it is, it is reality. I didn't say it's right. I said it's reality. I said it's, it's reality, but it doesn't mean it's right. But it is reality. Adults tend to not like to be told things. Just ask your spouse. Right? Adults don't like to be corrected. They don't like to be challenged. They don't like to be made to be uncomfortable. Because they're, they're an adult. Don't, I'm an adult now. You can't tell me what to do. But when you're younger, you're used to people giving you instructions. You're used to being said this is that. And, and what you're doing right now is not correct. You need to be doing this. Stop that and do this. We're, we're used to that, right? When you, remember when you were little? You're, you know, I, maybe you had a mom that was always telling you stop this and do. I sure didn't. But anyway, uh, no. Um, <laughs> You're used to hearing these things, but when you get on your own, you're like, I'm an adult now. I can do it the way I want to do it. That shouldn't be the case. Well, what, now, now you kind of switch to something entirely different. I'm talking about us fulfilling the things that God has predestined and preplanned before the foundation of the world and time began. I'm talking about us walking those things out. If you can't be, now this is not just, Pastor Greg just wants to start, start just, you know, beating up on people. But, but if, if the people God has called to speak into your life can't speak freely, then who misses out? I do? No, you do. But the reality is that the Lord actually corrected me on this a little bit this last week. Uh, I will say this. Most of you don't even know who I am as a minister. (laughs) The teenagers probably do, (laughs) but you know, your kids have messed me up. I'll just say this. I mean, they have, they have, they have, they have greatly affected me over the years. Uh, uh, I've noticed this, you know, I'm, I'll be 48 this year. You know, that I've other friends who are now pastoring churches and doing different things. Pastors who were once youth ministers, they're just a little different. If they, pay, if they were youth pastors for a while, they're just a little different. Our, we have some friends that the camp that we go to, the friend, our, they're the pastors of the church now. It's Mark and Trina Hankins, his son, and their son and, and daughter-in-law, Aaron and Aaron Cody Hankins. They're just a little different because they, they worked with teenagers for quite a while. They're just, they're just a little different. When, 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 when they get on something, you, you have to just kind of like curl your toes up a little bit because it's about to get real, you know? But, but I also understand, I've heard, I know them enough to know that they even use some restraint because there's this thing adults don't like being talked to real plain. Well, like I said, the Lord kind of corrected me this week a little bit that I've got to, I have to care less about what you think. <laughs> I say that jokingly, but that day's coming for me too. And, and the things that I've done... I've done it because, you know, that my heart's been right. But, but when the Lord says you have to be careful, I, I need to be careful. Like I said, we're, it's 8.03. Are you all okay? Can I just be real with you for a minute? There is a tendency. Now, maybe not pastor. But for me, Steve has mentioned it. Amy's mentioned it. When the clock hits 8 o'clock on a Sunday night, people check out. I'm telling you the truth. I don't like that. Well, I'm sorry for your dislike. Not everybody, but there tends to be a checkout 
when we, the clock hits a certain point. That is immaturity. Did you just call me immature or an adult? I think I did. I'm not trying to be mean, but we've got to, if we're going to fulfill these things, we can't be immature about things. If we can sit through a two-hour movie, we can sit through a two-hour message if we have to. I'm not, I'm not advocating for long church services. I'm saying we've got to, and, and, and a minister shouldn't just draw it out because they're just drawing it out, right? But same point, if our ears, if our attention can't stay, it, it's a heart issue. I said, it's a heart issue. If you can't, if we can't, I say you and make it will be me, right? Because I'm in the same boat because I sit in the same services and sometimes pastor goes on forever. Uh, uh, Right. When pastor's just droning on and on. Ephesians and, you know. (laughs) I've got to do the same thing, right? Because sometimes I have something at home that I'd like to do or something that's come up or Super Bowl a couple of weeks ago. Brother Allen was here. He, he, he talked for a long time. Now, I don't care who's in the Super Bowl because I don't watch NFL football anymore, you know, just because anyway, I just don't. But so I didn't really care. But people, you know, the, you know, what I'm saying we have these things They really come down to heart issues. What am I doing? I'm trying to help you because this day is coming. We have to give an account for every word spoken Every action taken in the heart behind we said it, why, behind what we said and why we said it, what we did and why we did it. Not just the action. You can do the right thing, but have the wrong heart and get corrected by Jesus. Yeah, I know what you did, but you did it with the wrong attitude. I know, I know you sat through it. I know you sat through service. You, you came on that special event. You made the sacrifice, but you had an attitude the whole time through it. Do you know what happens to the reward for, for being there? What happens to it? That's the sound of burning up, right? This is reality. I said, this is reality. Like I said, the closer we get to this, do you think it's the mercy of God to make us uncomfortable now so we're not really uncomfortable then? And if we hear it now and don't respond to it now, It's going to be much worse than just being uncomfortable. I said, I've got a lot of things and I'm not, we're not going to stay uh, forever. But I said last week, I said forever, not an eternity. Um, Last week I said, you can become immune or develop immunity to his word. We're talking about healing and, and, how people approach the word of God, you can develop an immunity. You can develop an immunity toward the plan of God as well. The things that he is enjoys, the things that he's passionate about, his plan, purpose for your life, you can become and develop an immunity toward those things as well. You know, when you're immune to, about something, you, you no longer even think about it, Right? I mean, when Pastor and I have gone to Africa, they've got some crazy diseases over there that we're just not used to, you know, that, that weird things that fly around and do. And, you know, so we've taken, uh, trying to think of all, all the things they've given us, like yellow fever. We're going to place where there's yellow fever. I've never had yellow fever. It doesn't sound good. And, and I know it's very deadly. And so we go and we get, the, we get the, the vaccination for yellow fever. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I get vaccinated about things all the time, right? And so we got the yellow fever vaccine. You know, when I'm there, I never think about yellow fever. Why? Because I'm immune to it. Now I've gotten enough times. I don't even know that if we have to get more shots for that, because some of those, you, you get the shot enough times, whether it be, uh, what are some of the other ones? What's no malaria? You got to do every time. Uh, um, yeah, one of them. No, there's one of them that, uh, there was the cholera. Oh yeah. Cholera. There was one of them. I know that I took the vaccine, the pill for and it. I felt like I hit, I got hit by a bus when I took that thing. I mean, like if this is the, if this is the weakened virus, I don't want the real thing. I've taken enough now that I don't have to do it anymore. So I never think about it. Well, when you become immune to something to talk about the, the God's word or the plan of God, you can be immunity cause you to never even think about it. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. 
It's just you've, you've created a barrier in your life that you're no longer affected by it. That's a really dangerous place to be in. First Samuel chapter three, you can write it down. I know for time's sake, I'll just, I'll read it to you. First Samuel three, it says for the, now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. It says for there was no widespread revelation. The new living says, meanwhile, the old, uh, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. I love the Amplified. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. The word of the Lord was rare and precious in those days. There was no frequent or widely spread vision. He said the word of the Lord was precious. God's word is precious. God's word is precious. What we're doing right now, this is precious. But what's also precious, the plan of God, the purpose of God, the heart of God. These things are, they're precious. There's not a lot of it out there. It's precious. It's the only thing that will speak for us in eternity. What we did, what we did with it while we were here, you know, I, with the John Bevere, his, his ministry put up, made that video. He, he told the story about a man that worked for him and he was an accountant. I believe worked in the accounting office uh, for them. It had been there for, for years and years, like 20, 25 years, 30 years had worked for John Bevere in their ministry. And every time he would go by, he'd walk by his office in the morning. He said, how you doing? He said, he noticed he always had pictures of other countries on his desk, other, you know, little things and little stuff everywhere here and there had pictures and things. And finally one day he just, he was just kind of, it, it I think the Lord prompted him and just kind of, it struck something wasn't right. He said, what do you have all this stuff here in your office? Every time I come, we've been doing this for years. All this stuff's on your desk. What's, what's the deal? And he said, I don't know. I just love this. He said, are you, are you, and he was one of John Bevere's best, most important accounts. He said, are you sure you're supposed to be here? He said, well, he's working for a big ministry that's putting stuff out all over the world and having this, a huge impact, you know? huge impact. And, and he said, are you sure you're supposed to be here? He said, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but you just need to get with God and find out that those are the kind of leaders you want because they're interested in what you're supposed to do, not what they can get from you. Oh man, you want those people, but then also interested in you enough to maybe make you mad if you're wanting to just go run and do something else. But the Lord's actually called you to stay put. It goes both ways. Serving God doesn't mean just running off. Serving God means staying if he says stay or going if he says go, period. Right? And so this man prayed about it. He came back to John, very, you know, John and Lisa Bevere very shortly after. He said, you know, with my wife and I, we prayed about it, and we're going to the mission field. They helped him. They packed up their stuff. They moved. And they, they said they never, have never been happier in life. And he actually told him, he said, you know, so, I'm so thankful that you talked to us. He said, he said you know, we've told our kids because they were getting older, said, you know, if you want to come bury us, you're going to have to come get us because our bodies are going to be over here. We're not coming home. We're going, to, we're going to stay over here because this is where God's called us. You know, you can be different places at different points in your life, and this is where he wants us to be, so you have to come get us. Bury us here or come pick us up because we're going to stay. I think about Keith Moore when he was working for Brother Hagin. Imagine working for uh, uh, the, the man, the, the person that God anointed that that this man's ministry would usher in the second coming of the Lord, his truths of, of faith and the authority of the believer and all of these things. This man's ministry, Keith Moore was in a position of huge influence in that ministry. He was our favorite, our favorite instructor. Put a, put a side note on that. When I said earlier, people have a tendency to shut off at eight o'clock. Do you, do you think the minister knows that? Oh yeah. Oh, oh Yeah. Oh yeah. As a side note, we, we should, we should be as excited if it's pastor or me as we are, if it's Christopher Allen or Kenneth Hagin showed up, where have you been since 2003? You know, I've been with, I've been with Tupac and Elvis, you know, I'm back. <laughs> so your, your, your kids have messed me up. Uh, He's been hanging out on the beach, you know, in, in Argentina somewhere. And, and now he's back. Hey, next Sunday, Brother Hagin's going to be here. 
Do you, do you think if, if somebody showed up like that, do you think people's approach to service would change? That was weak. Do you, I said, do you think people's approach to service would change? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If Jesus, we knew that Jesus was going to do the same thing he did with the apostles, and he was going to walk through, not, not open the door, but actually walk through the door. He, we knew he's going to, next Sunday, he's going to walk through the wooden door, right? And walk in and come talk to us in the flesh. Not open the door, walk through the door. Not the open door, the closed door, like he did with them. Do you think we would be here early, on time, our kids situated, our attitudes dealt with, use the bathroom beforehand, even if you got a teeny tiny bladder? Oh, yeah. All of that stuff would be taken care of. We make excuses for things all of the time. That is nothing more than just that, making an excuse. (laughs) We would do things differently. Brother Alan talked about being familiar. It's It's an annoyance to the minister, but it's detrimental to the hearer. Right? Pastor, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, his church loved him all the time. He was, he was, he was Jesus every week. Woo. Pastor Shower's going to walk through the door. Keith Moore was the guy at Rama that if, if he saw more than maybe just one in a class, we had 2000 people in our class and we met in the Rooker Memorial Auditorium. The whole class met for his classes. We didn't do them separately. We all were together, 2,000 of us. If he saw a single person close their Bible, he would quit class. Well, that's, you, you're being a jerk, you do that. No, that's, that's a man who understands this is the word of God. And if you don't want to listen, I won't talk. That's the truth. I'm not suggesting I'm going to close up on us, but I, I do believe we have to be careful how we're handling things. The hour is getting late. Whether Jesus returns in the next few weeks, months, couple years, or we live out our lives, the hour is getting late. That's coming. I'm a week closer to that than I was the last time you saw me. I can't get those last seven days back. Right? Neither can you. I'm not saying like, this is too intense. This is too serious. Too serious. This is reality. What was I saying about, uh, before I said, remind me of that. You didn't. Get out. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, rewind. Can anybody remember what I was talking about? And I said... Yeah, shoo, shoo. All right. Anyway, that's another story I could tell you about. There's, it's eight something. I can't do that. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Go, and then I went on to Keith Moore. Y'all give it up for Benji Benefield right there. His memory is as long as his beard. It's amazing. Anyway. So I went on to Keith Moore. Keith Moore is working for Brother Hagin, the, 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 the prophet of our generation. We don't worship a man, but you got to honor who he was and what he, what he brought to the body of Christ, right? And if you can't honor it, that's a problem in your heart. Well, he's dead and gone. I'm looking for somebody new. No, that's, that's a heart issue. You got a heart defect. You got to deal with it. It'll kill you if you don't. But he was working with Brother Hagin, and uh, he said, you know, he said he, him and Phyllis had prayed, and they went to Brother Hagin and said, you know, we feel, feel like you know, the Lord's calling us to leave. What a decision is that, to leave that, that position, that place, you know? And he said, Brother Hagin just kind of looked at him and said, well, you're not getting any, any younger. You better get to it. And that's all he said. People might think, well, that was kind of rude. Like, I've been there, he's been here all these years. He didn't have more to say. Oh, we're going to miss you. And, and at least try to talk him out of leaving, you know, just because it'd be nice. Like a sympathetic beg somebody to stay. Oh, please don't go. You ever had somebody do that before? Oh, in the, don't, don't do it. And they're thinking, please run, right? No, he, did, he didn't give any of that. He just said, well, you're not getting any, any younger. If you're going to do it, you better get to it. Didn't tell him I agree with you. 
Didn't tell him, thus says the Lord, you're hearing from God. You're a big boy. You should hear from God for yourself. You got to answer for it. So there's the door. Go do it. You want leaders like that. None of us are stuck. We all have got to be quick to obey whatever it is. He'd, Brother Hagin's ministry didn't even kick off until he was in his, he didn't even get big until he was in his, what, 60s? Late 50s, yeah. It's not about being about big, it's about being obedient. Early 60s, I thought it was early 60s, yeah. It's not about being big, it's about being obedient. Got to maintain the right heart. I was going to talk about having a childlike faith. What are children? They're just trusting they're not afraid to just be all about whatever's going on, excited, passionate. They don't care if people think, you know, a study, and you can probably help me, Tara. There a study came out, and I wish I could remember the exact details, that adults in their mid-20s fall off the emotional, proverbial emotional cliff by their mid-20s. Meaning they don't, they smile and laugh half as much as they did when they were teenagers. Now, scientists will tell us that the human brain doesn't stop develop. It stops developing or finishes about 25 years old or mid twenties, right? The same point that pe- this, the same point that people fall off the emotional cliff where the time, amount of times that they laugh and smile drops by 50% like that. Do you think that maybe that has a part to play? Why we don't as adults like being told what to do? Cause we've lost some joy for life, Right? We have to maintain joy in life, but maintain joy in serving God. Maintain joy when we get an opportunity to hear his word. Maintain the the opportunity. People don't have what we have. Maintain the excitement for that. A little kid, they don't care if they're being annoying or not. They're going to get right in the middle of it. Right? And we have to teach them how to control themselves, but there's a part of that you don't want to ever lose. That's one thing I like about working with teenagers. I've learned to, to stay annoying. It's been good. You know, I mentioned the things about seating last week, and I'm just going to, I'll just mention it again. Be like, oh, don't go there. The seating thing, right? Now, I know it's a Sunday night. We're not filming. We don't put Sunday nights on, on YouTube. You know how many times pastor had to ask people to move on Sundays? A bunch, to the point where he just said, you know what? I'm not going to ask anymore. That is wrong. I said, that is wrong. People are creatures of habit. I get it. I am too. Maybe you're more of a habit person than I am, right? We, you know, we're all a little different, than this, but we, we, we generally do the same things, right? You may have a seat you love, but if you're asked to do something, we should be willing to do it. If we would sit somewhere else because Jesus came, why won't we do it? Because our pastor asked us to. It's a hard issue. I'm just saying it's a hard, if we're going to be ready for this, we got to get rid of any murmuring hearts we have where they're not on beat. They're not functioning right. We've got to, we've got to go to the word, the doctor of the word of God and make those adjustments in our life. We must, I said, we must. Pastor mentioned because we do filming it's, it's for, for YouTube. Well, we don't do that on Sunday nights. You know, what helps the minister if people are excited to be there. Put the first picture up. You got the first picture, Joel? This was a picture. We went to our, our, one of our favorite bands uh, several years ago. Amy and I took Jack, and we went to, because uh, to, uh, the other kids weren't quite ready for this yet, but went to a Mute Math concert in Orlando. We paid extra to get in there early because I wanted to walk around. and it, It's a concert. I wanted to walk around before everybody else got there and find the place during soundcheck that sounded the best. I wanted to be able to hear the best. Jack is in the few people up front. He's hiding up there somewhere up front right next to a speaker because his intent wasn't to hear. He wanted to see the best. Neither one of us went in there to let's get the most convenient, closest to the exit, most uncommitted. Right? I had a purpose. I wanted to hear. I, I literally walked around, eyes closed, like a blind man. Oh, that's better over here. Oh, I literally, until I found the perfect spot and I'm not moving. And when they opened the doors, the room flooded with people. I'm like, nobody's moving me. I got here early. 
I paid extra to be here and this is the best spot. I'm going to be in this spot. And I guarantee I stayed in that spot for the whole show. Right? The next, the next picture. Is this all right? I know it's 824. I'm going to do it anyway. Um, Jack, I don't know how old Jack was here. It was 2016. We got up on stage after the, the practice was done. We had, because we paid extra to be there early. He jumped down and sat down on the man's keyboard. You know, they didn't correct him. They didn't tell him to stop. I was standing right there. He didn't abuse anything. He jumped down and took a picture. What is that? That's childlike excitement. I'm not saying you should all run up and grab the keyboard here. That's not what I'm saying. But there's a part of doing things that other people aren't doing. I'm not going to be limited to whatever, but nobody else was touching it. And I remember him asking, well, nobody else was touching it. Can I? I'm like, well, they didn't say you can't. I'm standing right here and I, I'm watching you and they're there. Jump down there and get a picture. We took a picture and then he got up and left. You can take it down. What's my point? It was something we were excited about. We're going to be there. It helps the minister when people are excited to be here. When we don't let, conv- oh, I got a social distance, but we don't social distance anywhere else. That's an excuse to just do what we want to do. You do know that we're getting rid of these seats before long. We're going to go back to normal, right? But, but here's the problem. Normal before this, when pastor was asking over and over for people to move up, the seats were empty and it looked like we had a church of nobody. The videos look terrible. I've got the pictures. It looked like nobody was there. Oh, that's a great endorsement for what God's doing at Impact Family Church. People come, don't even want to sit. They don't like each other enough or the pastor have to sit up close. Maybe we have a church of just all stinky people. I don't know. And I'm just, I'm just making this as an example. Now, you know, we have the back. We want the back for people who are visiting new, right? Or maybe there's some reason why they need to sit back there. Though he asked people to move up and move to the middle. That gives us what's on camera. I'm just using it as an example. Hope you don't get upset with me, but it's an example. We have to examine it. Why do we do? Why are we stubborn about things? Why are we stubborn well, I'm not stubborn towards God. I'm stubborn. I'm just, I was just stubborn towards pastor. That's stubborn towards God. You do understand that. I love you enough to be honest with you. These are things we have to deal with. Like I said last week, I didn't want to talk about that till the end. I didn't want to talk about it, period. And then I'm like, I got to. Because he wouldn't leave me alone. And then after I was like, oh man, everybody hates my guts again, you know, and then, and then, the, and then the Lord corrected me afterward. What are you doing? Oh, so now they're upset with me and so are you. Great. <laughs> Great service. Anytime the Lord asks you, what are you doing? That's usually not a, you just need to turn and go the other direction. Don't even know why I'm just, okay. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm sorry. I'm stupid. Um, we have to get our hearts right. I had other stuff, but that's the gist of it tonight. It's what's necessary. It's 820. So we're going to everybody stand up. Jesus is coming back. And whether he comes back in my lifetime or not, my, my date with him is coming. Your date is coming with him. And, and, and like I said, if you're upset with me, I, I, I don't want you being upset. I like people. I don't people like people being upset with me. I don't. I don't like it. But at the same point, I don't want him upset with me. The more important point, I don't want him not to be happy with me. The reality is you can do whatever you want to do, but you, you do realize your decisions affect everybody else. It affects your life. It affects somebody else's. I don't want my actions to hurt somebody else's progress and to encourage them to not be ready when that day comes because I don't want them bringing my name up. You do know that also won't work. But I don't want to be involved in anybody else's conversation. I got my own business to take care of. I just want us to be ready. You look at the news of what's going on. I mean, you know, we have little kids in here today. I'm not, I'm not making any predictions. No prediction PG. No predictions, right? But you look at what's going on. I mean, I mean, Vladimir Putin has made some, some, some stances in the last few hours, 12, 14 hours that are pretty pretty imposing. Is it a lot of bluffing? Probably is. But what if it isn't? Right? We don't fear these things. There's no reason to fear it if we're obeying God. 
But my whole point is this, we're, we're standing on the cusp of, 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 of eternity and our one opportunity to make a choice to serve God. This is the only time we get to choose because the, the, the choice will already been made at that point. But we're, we only get to do this now. Let's do it right. And if we only have another 12 hours left, and that's all you've got. If your heart's not been right to this moment, make it the best 12 hours you can make it. Make it the next week, the best week. Make it the best month, next month. Make it the best next year you can make it. Whatever he's called you to do, get busy doing it. If he's, whatever that is, do it. At least you can say, I got this last month. I can give this to you. Here's the last month of complete heart, open, adjusted, happy to serve, happy to love, happy to obey life. He'll be like, for that part, well done for that. It's an important thing. 8.30, Father, we love you. We love you so much. We're so thankful for your son, your gift, your sacrifice. We're so thankful for Jesus and this opportunity here on earth, it isn't what an opportunity you've given us to walk these things out, to, to be faced with having to make decisions, to be faced with having to make choices, tough choices, difficult choices, temptations of things. What, what an awesome opportunity we've been given to be faced with these things and yet still say, I choose you. I choose to obey. I choose to submit. Even I don't need to understand. I just need to obey. And it's a joy to obey you. Father, thank you for these opportunities. Father, I'm grateful for this group of people that you've called to this place. I'm thankful for the plan you have for this congregation and this city and this region that you have planned and purposed before time began. I, I believe we, Lord, make our determination to obey and to follow you. Joyful, happy, glad to do it. We'll count it all joy. Father, we love you. So very grateful. We love you so much. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, praise God. I would tell you if you need to Make adjustments, make the adjustments. Nothing is worth the plan of God for your life. Nothing's worth, nothing's worth it. I'm so glad we said no, <laughs> you know. I'm glad we did those things. What a joy. Amen. We've all done that. Thank God for those opportunities. We ought to have the attitude, I'm looking for things that I have to sacrifice. I'm looking for stuff. I got to be like, oh, I could do this, but I'm going to do what the Lord wants me to. I'm, we had to look for those things. Imagine you have a church of people that were looking for opportunities to serve one another and to love God and to sacrifice and to, and to draw on the anointing, whoever's there and just give it their all. You don't think God would show up? I believe he'd come through the door. Amen. Well, we love you. Pastor, anything you want to say? All right. Two things about uh, the service tonight. When I was ministering this morning, I already had it in my, in my heart that PG was, uh, should do tonight. And we don't arrange that along in advance, you know. Uh, but I just had that in my heart. When I got uh, close to the end of my message this morning, as I, as I was getting ready to dismiss... I, uh, it occurred to me, you know, I, I started this series several weeks ago and kept getting interrupted. And last week, the Holy Ghost came on Steve and that interrupted me. And, but I'm going to go with the Holy Ghost, you know, and wasn't, wasn't that wonderful. Tremendous blessing. And so it ran through my mind. Now, next Sunday, uh, uh, Regina Jolliffe is going to be here. So, man, I'm going to be out again. So then I'm going to have to wait another week. And so all that was running through my mind, like, you know, real fast. And, and yet I knew, I had already, I wasn't thinking about it at the time, but I already knew it before that, that 
Pastor Greg's supposed to do tonight. And so I, I started to say, well, I'll finish this tonight, but I didn't. I said, well, we'll, we'll continue on tonight or something like that. And if, I don't know if, you're, if you were here, you noticed I said, because I was praying at the time. And just after that, and I said, yeah, Lord, yeah, yeah. The Lord said, I told you, Pastor Greg's going to do tonight. And then he said to me, and it will be a continuation of what I ministered this morning. Amen. Glory to God. God knows what he's doing. The other thing I wanted to say to you was uh, concerning world events. I'm not, I'm not uh, making any predictions, but uh, it does seem to me that, uh, and I do know this, that there has to be some changing in global politics before the, before the return of the Lord. And we could be looking at some major shifts in the alignment of nations might be going on right now because there's some real strains on the old alignments that have been in place since World War II. It's a major strain on this. And so uh, keep, your, keep your heart close. Stay close to God and keep listening because we're living in, we could be living in, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's the time is on us. And there's some changes going on in this world. And uh, we know Jesus is coming back. And what time we have left is precious, precious time. Amen. Wasn't this good tonight? Glory to God. Thank you, Pastor Greg. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands and thank him tonight. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father, for helping us tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your minister to speak to us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And we determine on our heart to hear and to do, to be doers of the word. Glory to God in Jesus' name. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.